also in week number three of a series we've been doing called I Quit. And the last two Sundays, we've been looking at breaking free from some of the things that have tried to attach themselves to us. And today, we're going to continue that conversation and talk about quitting uh, from comparison, this idea of breaking free from comparison. And as you can see, I've got some special ladies with me. Come on, can you welcome our panel discussion today? Oh, come on, let them know you love them. Bless all of the ladies here. Oh, I'm so excited. We get... It's just us girls. Come on now. It's a girl talk. And I'm so excited to be able to chat with you ladies a little bit. We're, we're going to do a, a panel discussion today. I've got, I've got a few questions that I want to present because I figure if we're going to talk about comparison, especially with women, or we're going to talk about uh, motherhood, etc., you've got to ask a mom. Come on now. You've got to ask a mom. And so I'm honored to have these ladies join me today on this stage. And I want to take a moment, introduce all of them to you. And then uh, we can kind of get started with a few questions and thoughts here. I'm going to start with the beautiful lady to my right, your left. This is my mother-in-law, the one and only Dr. Valerie Matura. Come on, would you bless her? You know, she, she's, she's a pretty, pretty mother-in-law, huh? Come on now. And we're so blessed to have you. We love you so much, and uh, thanks for being a part of this. Next, uh, next to you, Mia, is, is Pam Glass. Pam, we're so honored to have you. You're such a gift to the body of Christ. We love, we love you and your spirit. Excited to learn more about you and your story today. Would you welcome Pam? Come on, let her know you love her. We got Caroline Sanchez, who we've got some great history together, especially when Kimberly and I were youth pastoring here. We get to learn more about your story and your two beautiful girls, and we even love your husband, Angel. Come on now. And so you're just such a gift uh, to this church, and we're so honored to have you, and, and thanks for being here. I know you gave her a round of applause, but let's do it one more time. Come on. Monty Powell, Monty is a great, great woman of God. As a matter of fact, and I told the first gathering this, there is a picture of Kimberly, my wife, and Monty when they were toddlers and they were eating breakfast together. And so there's great history between our families. They go way, way, way back. Uh, many of you know Monty because her and her husband, Trey, Pastor Trey, they've served faithfully here at our South Metro Atlanta campus as the youth pastor, student pastors for many years. And then recently, Pastor Trey had a change of responsibility as associate pastor here. But we're just so blessed by your family, Monty. We love you so much, and we're glad you're a part of today. Come on, would you bless her, welcome her. We love you. And then last but certainly not least, my baby's mama. Come on now. The first lady of the house. Come on, would you give honor to Miss Kimberly Worley? We bless you, girl. Can all fly on the other end of this table. Happy Mother's Day to you. We love you so much. Kimberly and I, we, we will be married 15 years this year. Come on now. And you know that it takes a woman of God to put up with somebody like me for 15 years. We got two kids, and you get to hear more about that. But I'm just, I just love you all so much. And, and church, at both campuses, you're in for a real treat today. Uh, these ladies, they have prepared. They have prayed. And I really believe that God is going to speak an encouragement to your heart and to all of our hearts, whether you're a mom or you're praying to be a mom or you're a son or a daughter, or a husband, whatever, whatever season of life you're in, I believe really confidently that there are some things that are going to be shared today that are going to impact you. So here's what I'd like to do. I gave a brief introduction and I don't want to sit here too long because I want to get to a few of the questions, 
but I, I'd, like, I'd like you to answer briefly this, this kind of question. So tell us a little bit more about yourself and then, you know, tell us about the season that you're in right now as a mom. Okay, Kimberly, let's start with you. Take a minute here. Okay. Kind of tell a little bit more about you and the season you're in as a mom right now. Okay. Well, I'm in a really fun season right now as a mom. Um, it's busy, but it's fun. You guys get to hear a lot about our kids through Pastor JC's sermons because they make great material to talk about. But um, I'll tell you a little bit more about them. We have two kids, Lakeland and London. Lakeland is nine years old in the third grade. And if you know him, you know he's all about sports. He loves sports of all kinds, football, golf, baseball. So we spend a lot of time at the baseball fields right now as a family. We love, we love that. Um, if you ask him what his favorite subject in school is, he will say without a crack on his face of a smile, dodgeball. Yes. <laughs> he thinks that's a real subject. So, and then, uh, you know, I love his passion for sports. He's amazing. And then we have our daughter, London. She's four years old and she is all girl. She is into all things girly and sparkly and princesses so we have lots of tea parties and that kind of thing in our house so we have the best of both worlds and you know sometimes you go through hard seasons as a mom but this is a really good season good. and i'm loving it not wanting it to end that's so. so good i love that and you're doing such a great mom raising those two children and teaching me how to be a better dad so i love you so much pam i want you to jump in because you've got a, a beautiful story you really do and i'd love for you to share uh, with the church a little bit more about you and this season that you're in right now as a mom. Amen. Um, my name is Pam. Good morning, church. And I'm a single mom. I have two daughters, uh, a 16-year-old. And then last, uh, last year, well, in 2015, the Lord laid upon my heart to open my home in, as a foster home. And I got my first placement, and I just fell in love with her uh, once I learned her story. Uh, she was has lots of disabilities and her mom actually abandoned her and left her in an abandoned house and then she went to she got into foster care the first foster home abused her the second foster home because she was um, detoxing from drugs and stuff they were like we cannot deal with this screaming baby and at the time that that was all happening my home was under the home study and I got approved and they were like well what kind of baby do you want I said I don't care what kind of baby it is I just want it to be a little girl and so they were like, okay, well, we got one for you. <laughs> and I went to the hospital, and I just fell in love with her at first sight. And it was tough, you know, in the beginnings with the whole detox and all that stuff. But God is faithful. And I was thinking when he asked, what kind of season are you in right now? I am just so grateful. Come on. I'm so grateful because as so a single good. mom, it is not easy. Yeah. And when you have a teenager who's doing all the teenager things, yes. and then you have a special needs child who's just, she, she can't do anything without me. Feeding pumps, seizure medicine, cerebral palsy, developmentally delayed, failure to thrive. They told me she would be gone by three years old. But I want to tell you, church, she's going to be five years old Come this on. year. And I credit that to the glory of God and all these prayers of the saints who pray for us. And so the season I'm in, I'm just so grateful when I think about the goodness of the Lord. And as a single mom, whatever you need the Lord to be, you can call him and he That's will really be that. Good. And I would say, some days I need peace. Some days I need joy. Some days I need wisdom. And God always provides. He's so good. Come on. She's preaching now. Come on. I love it. I know any season as a parent is not an easy season, but... Uh, especially those that are a single mom or single dad, extra prayer, extra grace, 
extra support towards those parents because that, that's, that's a challenge. We know what it's like to be married and in partnership in the difficulty of parenting, but to do that and you feel alone, which by the way, you're not alone. You've got all of us. That's why you got the church and the body of Christ. Come on, give me a good amen right there. That should encourage some single parents. So Caroline, you're, you and, and your husband Angel are in a new season because recently you've officially become empty nesters. Yes. And so I want Not you to very talk. very young age. Yeah. So, so talk about, that's right. Come on now. So talk about that for a little bit, uh, the season that you're in as a mom. So my name is Caroline Sanchez. I have two daughters. My firstborn is Alanis. She's 19 years old. My secondborn is Kimberly Ann. She's 18. They're 13 months apart. Hmm. Um, it was very tough when I first had them. I had Alanis when I was 21. Um, right now, like M Pastor JC said, Angel and I, we're empty nesters. Um, Alanis just graduated this past Friday with an associate's degree in foreign language. She will continue on with her bachelor's, so she'll be graduating in a year and a half or two. Um, Kimberly, which I really miss, Alanis is here today. Uh, Kimberly is serving the United States Air Force. Come on. Yes. Um, she, thank you. She is currently in, London, in England, and she will be there for two years. Um, it, it's quiet. The house is very quiet. Um, something I wasn't looking forward to, it really hit me. Um, it, it's different, but I thank the Lord. It's a season where I'm going to um, be able to spend it with my husband, yeah. get to know him way better, because yeah. when... You have children at a very young age. You dedicate your time to your children. Mm. Um, now it's my time to be with my husband. Come on, that's great. Would you bless Thank her you. so good? I love that. Well, officially you're Dr. Valerie, but uh, us around the house, we call you Mia. And we love you so much, Mia. Why don't you take a minute to tell everybody a little bit more about this season that you're in, not only as a mom, but as a grandmother. Yes. Yes. And uh, as most of you know, I am a mom to two beautiful girls. And even though they are moms and out of the house, you never stop being a mom to those adult children, never at all. But my number one job as a mom right now is I am Mia to four marvelous minions. Yeah. <laughs> and if you look up what a minion is in the dictionary, it is a favorite person. So I've got four favorite persons I'm all focused on I right now. <laughs> That's so good. There, there's really five. I know you wanted to lump me in. I'll, I'll be a little minion to Mia. Uh, we love you so much, and we're so thankful for you. Monty, why don't you jump in for a second, because you are in this season of, of mom-to-be, and I want you to talk a little bit about that, because this is, this is actually a, a very exciting season for you and Pastor Trey, so talk a little bit about that. All right. Uh, well, first, I want to say thank you for opening the opportunity to talk about something that not many people talk about on Mother's Day, um, and that is a struggle of infertility. Um, I'll give a little backstory. My husband and I will be married 10 years in January, so I'm expecting a big trip. Come on now. <laughs> hint, hint. Um, and so about three years in, we decided, hey, let's start having a family, and we just thought it would be easy and come naturally, and it didn't. Um, and so we started trying to have a baby, and 
a few months down the road, nothing was happening. Um, so we started going to the doctor to see what's going on. Um, all the tests came back fine. The doctor said, hey, just be happily married and it'll happen. And I was like, all right, well, let's go home and do this. So <laughs> a couple more. Sorry, a couple more years passed. You know, we have a great kids ministry here. If you've not checked in your child to go kids, that's on you. <laughs> um, a few more, a few more months passed um, and nothing happened. Um, we had a couple procedures done to try to help the process and those both failed, came back negative, and um, I just went through really uh, several years of being angry and frustrated mm. and disappointed and discouraged. Um, and long story short, at the beginning of our marriage, we knew we wanted to adopt as well, but yeah. we had our own timeline for that. We were going to have our kids and adopt, um, but God kind of shifted the timeline. Um, I know one day I'll be pregnant. Yes. I don't question that um, because God's faithful, but... A year, ago to, a year ago this month, we actually started the process of adoption. So we're in that process now. So good. Yeah. I love it. We're so proud of so you. Good. And thanks for being brave to share a part of that story. And so we're excited because we got more questions coming your way. There was actually one more special lady that was going to be a part of this kind of Q&A panel discussion. And that was my mom. Uh, but unfortunately, my mom is still in the hospital. And so she's spending uh, Mother's Day in the hospital. She's having surgery tomorrow morning. And so I talked to her early today. She promised that she'd be watching from that hospital room. So, so mom, I love you. Happy Mother's Day to you. We're praying for you and believing for a speedy recovery. And so just to encourage you, come on, would you bless my mom real quick? We love you so much. Really love you. And I'm glad to be your son. I'm glad to be your favorite child. So there's that. Uh, I, want, I want to turn it over to my second mom for a, a minute here, and, uh, and I mean this in such a good way, Mia, but you have quite the resume. You really do have quite the resume. I mean, a pastor's wife, many of you know our story, uh, Pastor Allen and Dr. Valerie, they pastored this congregation for 33 years, last year passing over that baton of leadership, and so being a part of a successful church like this, uh, you were in education for decades. I don't know if you know this about her, but she's got more degrees than a thermometer. Come on now. <laughs> got her doctorate degree and very successful in education. And then, of course, as a mom, as a mother-in-law, as a grandmother. And so on. anyway, on paper, it would seem like you got it all together and that you would be the one to set the standard that people would look to in terms of having it all together. But in any season of being a pastor's wife, being in education, being a student, being a grandparent, did you ever compare yourself to others and think, I'm not, I'm not measuring up enough? Does that make sense? And, and if you did, then how did you handle that season of comparison between you and, and maybe some of the others that you viewed as doing more than what you were doing? Yes, yes. The answer to that question is, I think, is yes. I think all of us do some comparing for me, it was more in my younger years, and I believe it was because I was wearing so many different hats yeah. that uh, it distracted me. And what I struggled with was not comparing myself to other people that I met in those roles, but it was the assumed expectations that I thought you had about me or each of you had about me. 
my own imagination created this imaginary role where I thought I had to live up to that. And it was exhausting, it was frustrating, because I felt like I had to be in character for every assumed role that I had created in my head. But thankfully, in time, the Holy Spirit was my teacher who set me free from condemnation. Come on now. Because I beat myself up. I could not be perfect in any one role, much less all of my roles. So he gave me my life verse, which is Hebrews 10, 35, 36. So do not throw away your confidence. Yeah. It will be richly rewarded. Mm. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Come on, that'll preach. That's Amen. so good. Now, I may occasionally regress, but I have stopped comparing myself to assumed expectations, and I have become confident in who I am in Christ. And like a good buddy of mine that I met when I was a little girl, his name is Popeye. <laughs> I am what I am, and that's all that I am. <laughs> Come on now. I love it. High five to that. <laughs> uh, that is really good and such an encouragement. So when we were putting these questions together, uh, we, we talked a lot about my mom and, of course, uh, my mother-in-law, Kimberly's mom, and I asked Kimberly this question, and when it came out of my mouth, I said, we've got to ask that question today, and it's this. Kimberly, have you ever compared yourself to your mom? You know, so we talked about this resume. We talked about her success and the type of woman that she is, yes. but have you ever compared yourself to her? And then if so, maybe you could speak to some of the other ladies in the room that feel like they never measure up to their mom yeah. or they never measure up to their grandmother. Yeah. You know, so, so jump in on that. Have you ever compared yourself well, to your mom? Well, I mean, the answer to that question is yes, absolutely. Just to be very transparent with you. I mean, she's amazing, right? I mean, she's incredible. And she has accomplished so much and she is just a great leader. She was an amazing principal and, and it, so, yes, I've definitely compared myself to her in different seasons of my life. And, and I'll just be real transparent with you and tell you the most recent one was about a year and a half ago when we were moving here to take the leadership of the church from mom and dad after 33 years of pastoring this church. And I really began to compare myself to her, sure. thinking, how am I going to measure up to all that she is for so many people and in 33 years, all that she's accomplished, and then, God, we're joining two churches together as one. How can I be that for both campuses and, and be what everybody needs me to be? And I'm just comparing myself. And, and then on the day of transition, um, if you were here, you might remember Mom gave a beautiful speech. And um, she called me up on the stage, and she wanted to leave with me three things that her mom, as her pastor's wife, had passed down to her. And if you weren't here, you should go back and watch it. It was a great day, but I'm going to tell you one thing that she said to me that gave me so much freedom and so much just peace. 
She said, don't try to be me. Just be the woman God has destined you to be. And that was so freeing for me. And then she said, don't, even when other people are comparing you to me, just be you. And so to answer your question, if there's any moms in the room or daughters in the room and you're measuring yourself up to somebody else or, or you just feel like you'll never make it, you'll never be all that they are. I'm going to say to you what she said to me, don't try to be them. Just be the woman God has destined you to be. You are the only one that can be you. You are not called to be a carbon copy of anybody else. You are called to be an individual to mother the children that you have in the way that God has called you to. So just be you. Just be you. Let that set you free this morning. Come on. That's awesome. That's really good. Really good. Uh, Pam, let me, let me let you jump in to the conversation. So we, we live in, and this is very obvious, we live in a very social media heavy society. You know, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all of that. And there comes great challenges with that because you and I, we only get to see the highlights of everybody else's life and not the real behind the scenes reality. And so when I'm on, you know, social media, or when there's some, some moms on social media, they may start to compare themselves. And so I want to talk to you because, because social media is your world. Uh, Pam has her own YouTube channel, uh, and, and it's, I mean, it's big time. She, she's, she's known as what they call a social media influencer. She has her own Christian clothing line and, and all of that. So you live on this social media world. So what advice could you give to our current Pinterest, YouTube social media world. What could you say to specifically the moms, but to everybody, as we look into the social media lens and we think everybody's got it together, how would you uh, give us some advice on that comparison trap? It's not real. (laughs) It's not real. It's not real. They pay us to set the scene. And sometimes we have um, products that will be sent to us, like this cup, for instance. And I'll take a picture of it, but I'll make sure that I've cleaned the bedroom, I've vacuumed, I've done all the things, and for that moment, I will capture that picture, and then I'll post it out there, and everybody thinks, oh, her house is so clean, and how is she doing all this, because she's got that teenager, and that special needs baby, she's a single mom, and she's just got it together. No, I don't. If you come to my house 10 minutes later, there are wigs, and shoes, and clothes, and lashes, and all the things sprawled around. And so if I could encourage any mom who does that, who sees these images online, and you think, because they can make you feel inadequate, and make you feel like, what's wrong with me? Because my house doesn't look clean as hers, and oh my gosh, you just got it together. No, we don't have it together. We, we do not, and it's just smoke and mirrors. So wow. be encouraged that you are perfect the way you are, and your house is perfect the way that it is. And, and then also, yeah, it's, yeah, it's such a, a comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah. Because I got stuck in it for so long comparing myself to the wives and the moms who had it together, and it was just making me super duper depressed. But once I got on this side of the lens, I realized it's not real. And our lives are perfect the way that they are. Yeah, come on, that's so good. Really good word, strong word. Tell us more about these wigs and lashes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is Sheila. You can get her for $70. I love it. That's so fun. <laughs> we need to do this more. This is fun. <laughs> oh, it's really great. Car- Caroline, jump in for a second. You got two girls. 
both of them, of course, now, now grown. And we talked about that empty nest kind of uh, experience that you're in. Of course, I come from a, a family of, of siblings. And so I'm, I'm the caboose of all, of all of my brothers and sisters. And even one time I asked my mom, I said, you know, did you ever love one of us more than the other? And she was like, oh, yeah. I was like, what, what you mean? Oh, yeah. She's like, well, in seasons, there's just one of you that needed a little extra love, a little extra care, a little extra attention. But what I want to ask you about is having two girls, because all of my siblings, our personalities are vastly different. And maybe your girls, they have similarities, but overall, they're different. Did you ever compare the two? So if one was successful in academics and the other one was struggling, did you compare the one that was struggling to the one that did well? If one was successful in extracurriculars and the other one didn't make the team, did you compare the one that didn't make the team to the one that was captain? Does that make sense? Yes. Did you ever uh, compare the two girls, even though they've grown up to be totally different individuals? I didn't. Um, I wanted them to be themselves. So when they were growing up, they're only 13 months apart. So literally, they were like twins. It was really tough for me when they were growing up. Um, when Kimberly was born, Alanis was only five months old. Wow. So I had a baby with a baby. It was really hard. Um, I, I've never compared them, and I did ask them a question. I asked Alanis this week that question. Have I ever compared you with your sister? She said, definitely not ever, Mom. You've never compared us. They're very close. They did everything together when they were growing up. Um, they were in the swim team when they were little, uh, six and seven-year-olds. Alanis was amazing in her butterfly stroke, Kimberly in her breaststroke, so they e had their own. I never compared them. In middle school, they were in the track team. In high school, they did everything together. JROTC, uh, step team, they were both on the hum hum homecoming court. When Alanis was in her senior year, Kimberly was also in the homecoming court her junior year. So they did everything together. Now so we're in a, in, in a moment where they do miss each other dearly. But thank God to social media, yeah. Facebook, all this um, that we have. They're able to communicate. I'm able to communicate with Kim through Facebook. Um, like I, I was saying before... Um, Kimberly never wanted a Facebook page. She said that was for older people. <laughs> um, she had Instagram, <laughs> Snapchat, and Twitter. Those were her social media. So one, one day I was praying last week, and I said, well, she's going to notice that she's, gonna miss all, she's missing out on her family because all her family is on Facebook. And all of a sudden, on the next day, I received a friend request from her. And I'm like, Kimberly? So I texted her and I said, Kimberly, is this you? Because you said you would never have a Facebook page. <laughs> and she said, yes, mom, this, th that's my Facebook page. In less than a week, she has 150 some followers because she has reached out to our entire family and our friends. Yeah. And that's how we uh, keep our communications. You know, so she's stationed, yeah, come on, that's great. You said earlier she's stationed uh, in England, and she's there for, for two, two years. years. Yes. You know, um, and I, I'm, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment, but we tried really hard on this Mother's Day to get her here for you, but that didn't work. But thank God for technology. I think we got you the next best thing. 
take a look at the screen. She's got a little greeting. Somebody wants to say hey to you, Mom. Hey, Mom. With me being in England and with the five-hour difference, I know sometimes it gets hard for us to talk to each other, but I just wanted to let you know that you mean so, so much to me, and I wouldn't be able to do this without your motivation and without your support. I hope that you spend Mother's Day great with Alanis and Dad and that you guys enjoy. Love you. Come on. like pollen's up here. It's pollen. It's allergies. I need to drink some protein. Feel a little. But man, she's such a beautiful young lady. Both of your girls are. And we continue to pray for your heart as you walk through this season of being in a home that is considered to be an empty nest, you yes. know. Monty, I, I want to talk a little bit about the process of adoption. Uh, and again, all of you ladies, your bravery to share part of your story. And each one is so unique. Uh, Monty, I'm going to ask you a really difficult question, though. And and I, I wonder, have there ever been days like today, for example, because it's Mother's Day and not, not everyone in this room is excited about Mother's Day. It can create a lot of emotion. There can be a lot of pain. There's a lot of history attached. Not everybody has a healthy relationship with their mom or their mother has gone on, you know, from this world. Uh, there might be the experience of miscarriages and all of that. So anyway, with, with days like today, have you ever compared your story with someone else's moments of celebration. So when everybody else gets to experience the joy of motherhood on Mother's Day, have you compared that? Or maybe here's like a, a, a personal real-time question. When one of your best friends announces they're pregnant or they do this big gender reveal, how does that affect your heart and emotions? And are you wrestling with comparison when you see other people celebrating something that you really want to experience for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll be lying if I said that it wasn't, I wasn't affected by it. Um, every time, uh, baby dedications, Mother's Day, baby showers. Um, and it's such a, it's a hard balance because it's, it's not that you're not happy for people. When, when I hear my friends are pregnant, I am seriously overjoyed for them. Um, when I see babies dedicated, being dedicated up here, I'm so thankful for that. Um, but it's just like part of you is grieving um, the fact that you don't get to participate in that and that it's not your moment. Um, and I was doing some research before uh, I came up here because I wanted to, you know, how many people am I talking to today? And one out of every eight couples struggles with infertility. So I was trying to calculate it and that meant that around 80 people and 80 women, just women alone in here uh, are wanting to be moms and haven't experienced that yet. So you know what I'm talking about when you go to the showers and you wanna celebrate those people so big because it's such an amazing time but then part of you inside is just hurting. Um, I went through a really hard season where I was just angry about it um, and, and I, would, I was struggling with bitterness. And you have to be careful to not let the, the sadness and the grief sit there too long because it will become bitterness. And then that overflows into your friendships. Um, and you can't celebrate with your friend or your sister or, you know, you can't celebrate. The, the, you don't even want to go to the baby showers that you get invited to. And so um, I went through a season of really having to search myself and search my heart and my motives behind why I was feeling why I was, was feeling. And God kind of revealed to me that if I can't celebrate with people and their blessings and then the season of God bringing blessings into their life, that I don't need the blessings that God has wow. for me. And wow. so I really had to have a uh, perspective shift um, to say, you know, God, like I had made a timeline for myself. Like 
God didn't make this timeline for me. I had made this own scenario in my head, and because it wasn't going the way I wanted it to go, I was choosing to be ungrateful of the amazing life that I have because I thought I was missing something. But I had to realize, you know, it's okay that I'm 30 and I'm not a mom yet. Um, it's okay to be 21 and to be a mom, but it's okay to be 30 and to still not be a mom yet because when the time's right, I will be one. Um, Come on. Thank you. One uh, piece of advice that I was given, uh, Don Sheree Wilkerson, we were messaging back and forth one day about infertility, and she, she struggled with it. And she said, just don't forget that the waiting season is never a wasted season. And so I try to live by that and know that this season of waiting is not wasted in my life. God is just today alone. I've gotten like four happy Mother's Day messages from teenagers from our youth group. Thank you for being my spiritual mom. So women, if you're not a mom, you're a mother to people. You have influence as a a woman of God. Um, And so use that. Don't waste that season. Hey, if you're taking notes, write that down. That is so good. The waiting season is not a wasted season. That's a word right there. That is a strong word. Thank you for sharing that. Hey, Pam, let me, let me talk to you for a minute. Uh, you know, I think being, uh, and I say I think because I don't know this personally, but I, I would imagine that being a mom of two children, 16 and four, you know, uh, one in the adolescence of her life, the other, depending on you for 100% of everything that that baby needs, I'm sure that you have to get tired. There has to be some exhaustion. And I think for every parent and every mom, that they have to feel tired at times. You know, has there ever been a moment where you just wanted to say, and here's the series, I quit. Like, I I quit. Because I'm sure that that moms have felt that way before. How how did you navigate through that? Like, how did you rally to move through that and make sure that you stay? You know, don't make me cry now. Come on now. Um, if I have to be honest, I can say there are a lot of times where I feel overwhelmed doing this by myself and I have wanted to quit. Um, and and it came a time last year and I'm going to be really quick here, um, where after I adopted baby Taylor, all of her financial needs fell upon me. And so embarrassing to say this, but I got so behind in my bills and everything, trying to pay for adoption and stuff that they came at midnight and they repossessed my car. And then the day after that, I had doctor's appointments and all this stuff. And I remember standing in the driveway, watching them take the car away, thinking, I'm a worthless mother. These children depend on me. How, like, how did I, how, how did this happen? How did I, how did I get here? And I'm, I just felt horrible. And so the, the second part is, how do you rally and move forward in a healthy way? Coming to church every week, hearing the word of God. In the, and when I was standing there, I heard God tell me, trust me in this season and stay faithful. And that meant for me to keep paying my tithes, you know. And when your car has been repossessed and you still got to pay your tithes, you're like, wait a minute, what? But I did it. I did it. Okay, and I got to hurry here. And so, oh, gosh, my thoughts are just whirling all around my head here. So I was saying, he said, stay faithful and trust me, stay faithful and trust me. And I didn't tell anyone what I was going through. I kept it a secret because I was so embarrassed and I just felt so inadequate as a mom and like a failure. And so I kept coming to church. I kept singing, kept coming to church, kept singing. You would be preaching. I'm taking notes. I'm writing things down. So I started saving money and I was able to, to get a new car. Then, you know, I always say, 
God hears your prayers. Even when you're stubborn like me and you don't want to ask for help. As a single mom, I just don't like to ask for help because I don't want people to think I need handouts or whatever. But let me tell you how faithful God is. So I came to church, and um, you, this was, it was during the second service. Pastor was led by the Holy Spirit. My God, in the name of Jesus, he was led by the Holy Spirit to take up a surprise offering or whatever. And he asked people to come to the front and give money. And then he said, someone's been praying for God to bless you in this financial storm. And I didn't, and he was like, come forward and get some money. I don't know if you guys were here on that Sunday. But I was standing back here singing, and I had God had blessed me to be able to get a new car that Saturday, but I was still behind in bills. My washer and dryer had went out and everything had was just falling apart at my house. But I was like, Lord, I'm so grateful that you blessed me with a car that I can get to church without having to bum a ride and borrow cars and all the things. So I was just standing there and then pastor turned around. Remember, no one knew but God what I was facing, what I was going through. But pastor turned around and he had a basket and he said, God told me to give this one to you. And as he prayed over me, I heard the spirit of the Lord say, you are my daughter. I will take care of you. You are not in this fight alone. You got a family here. You, you, know, you walk in obedience. There's a blessing in obedience. And I was so overwhelmed that I fell to my knees. And you go back and look at that service. I fell to my knees. I was just overwhelmed, the overwhelming love of God. And it was just amazing. So you rally through by staying connected. You know when he says do those small groups? Get a small group. When he says come to church, I challenge you, encourage you to come to church. Come to church because there's a blessing in that. And God is faithful. Even when you don't ask, he's faithful. I'm sorry, Pastor. You don't have to apologize. so much. So much, Come on, can we just take 10 seconds and thank Jesus? Come on. You're so good, so good, so good. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 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 Thank you, Lord. He is so faithful. So faithful. He's really faithful. I want to pray. Lord, if there's any mom any father, any child here, and they feel like quitting, they feel like walking away, may they just be encouraged today that they are not in this battle alone. They're not by themselves. We are here for them. We are a family, and we are better together in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, say amen one more time. Woo. Oh. Hey, and look at me, if, if, if we can't meet every financial need, but if you need something, like if it's a legitimate need, you need something, you got to let us know. Now, I'm not into paying cable bills. I ain't all about that, because that's not a necessity, that's a luxury. Okay, I grew up without cable, and I turned out all right. But I refuse, and I've said this from day one when we planted Go Church, I refuse to pastor a church that only pays its bills. I'm not doing it. We're the body of Christ. There should not be one single parent here that's struggling to make ends meet when we could, we're not, we're not looking for, for handouts, we're looking for a hand up. We're trying to help people up. So if you got a need, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out together, together, because we're better together. Turn to two people, tell them you're better together. Come on, let them know you're better together. Okay, Caroline, I got a couple more minutes here, but 
I, I want to take a twist on your situation for a moment. I want to make a spin on your situation because uh, Kimberly is thousands of miles away because she's serving in the military. And so you know what that feels in the emotion of your heart. And maybe we have some parents that their children are serving in the military. But the twist on this is, 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 is this is my thinking. I think a lot, a lot of parents aren't as close to their children as they would like to be or hope to be, whether that's proximity, proximity or personally. You know, so sometimes we just kind of drift. It's kind of drift apart. So let, let me ask you, what advice would you give those parents that maybe they don't have a child in the military, but they live far from them or they feel far from them? Does that make sense? Yes. Take yes. a minute, minute here and just kind of answer that thought. So let's be honest, okay? When our children leave the nest or they're far away, fear and anxiety can set in for us as, as parents. Yeah. I personally found myself praying more and reading the scriptures. Come on. For fear is the root, rooted by lack of faith. Yeah. And I know from, from Romans 10, 17, that faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. My fears starting, start, are starting to dissipate when I spend more time in the word and reading the Bible. Um, I wake up earlier. My husband, he's like, you should be going to the gym at that time. Nope, that's my time to be with the Lord. I'm in the bed praying, talking to him. He, he answers my prayers. Philippians 4, 19. Our kids will be needy and as empty nesters, we can't be there to meet their needs the way we could when they were younger. Yeah. I want my daughters to remember that my God will supply, supply every need of theirs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So good. That's so good. Come on, would you bless her? Really good. Thank you. I love you so much. And with, with any of y'all that have your children far away, I know social media is really big. That's the only way I really can communicate with my daughter because sometimes her Wi-Fi is not even working, so we can't even speak on the phone. We can't FaceTime. Um, we'll just send little messages. Um, it's very important to always, always have that relationship yeah. with your child. Very important. Um, yeah, I'm don't you gotta you gotta fight. You gotta fight for that relationship. Yes. You gotta fight for t quality time. Those things don't just happen. I mean, you you've got to be intentional as well. And I think when you put forth the effort, you'll see you'll see the return on that that investment. So, Amen. okay, time, time's here, Kimberly. I'm gonna ask you this this question. Uh, what would you say? And we, we talked about this a little bit, but what would you say to the moms who are here today? It's just a tough season. You know, it's a tough season for them. And every season creates its own challenges and unique, you know, circumstances. But maybe they're just ready for this season to end. Like, get me out of the diaper phase. Get me out of this teenage phase. You know, get me out of this, you know, mid-30 phase and he won't get a job and he's still sleeping on the couch. I got to get him out of here phase. Whatever that phase is, what would you say to those 
those parents, specifically that mom, that they're just ready for this season to be over? Well, I don't know how to tell you to get your 30-year-old out <laughs> unless you just kick them out. But, um, man, it's really easy to not be content with where you are, isn't it? Just to, just to always complain. We talked about to stop complaining. Um, and we're always wishing for the next best thing. Uh, we always want, you know, we see on social media the stage or the season that another person is in, and we're like, Man, I can hardly wait for that one to come on. And like he said, you start with the babies. And if you're in that season, you have sleepless nights and you're exhausted and you're just praying, God, get me out of this season. But you don't even know what toddler is like. Like, I mean, you get to the toddler stage and they are throwing fits in the store. And you all because you won't buy them a pair of shoes at Target. That was Wednesday for me with my four-year-old. If you heard a screaming child in Target on Wednesday, that was us. Yeah. <laughs> So then you're wishing for that season to be gone, you know, and then you get to middle school and they're like little aliens, hormonal creatures they're turning into. That's not even your child anymore. You're praying to get through that. You're praying to get through high school where you've got attitudes and acne and boyfriends and girlfriends <laughs> and drunk, and you're just hoping you'll survive. And then what? You get to empty nest and you're wishing they were little again. You know, and if we're not careful, you just wish your life away. You wish your life away and you want to be in the next best thing, the next best thing. Just be content where God has you and take time. Yeah, be content. Take time to notice the good that is in the season that you're in. Those sleepless nights will not last long. They will not last long. They'll be gone, and you're you'll be wishing for them to be small again. Don't wish your life away. Don't really wish good, your life really away. Really good. You know, one of the um, one of the things that we did for for Kimberly for Mother's Day is we got the house cleaned, like like clean. Like we had somebody come in and clean yes. the house. We, we got the car, the minivan life, because that's the season we're in. I'm sure Kimberly wants that season to be over and let yeah. her get an upgrade. I got we a got, dream car on the way someday. <laughs> but we got the minivan clean, like detailed, spotless, clean. And then I took the kids because her and her mom spent some girl time this weekend. So then I took the kids yesterday and I took them in the garage. And I said, now we're going to clean the garage. Like we're going to like clean this garage. So we got this nine-year-old, this four-year-old, and I'll tell you the story quick. And there, there was stuff everywhere in this garage. And so we started, and I got frustrated really fast. Because, there, I mean, there's, there's broken kites and Nerf guns. And at one point, we had all the stuff in the middle of the, of the garage floor. And I said, how much chalk do two children need? I mean, there's more chalk in this garage and immediately I felt the Holy Spirit say, one day you're going to miss all that chalk. One day you're going to miss all those bouncy balls. One day you'll miss all those broken kites. Don't rush the season that you're in because you blink and it's gone. You blink and it's gone. Come on, give Jesus one big round of applause. Okay. Woo! Okay, uh, let me, okay, the, the, you're not prepared to answer this one, okay? Time's up, but I'm going to throw a rapid-fire question, and Monty, I'm starting with you, okay? I was thinking about this this week because I love the panel discussion, and these, these ladies have done fantastic. Come on. They really have done great. But I started thinking about this, and I thought, okay, along the way, there's going to be a husband or a boyfriend or a son or a child that tunes us 
uh, us girls out. Come on now, right? They tune us out because this is all about moms and mom life, etc. Well, let me give you one. So I want everybody to pay attention. This is the question that I've been thinking. And Monty, I'm going to start with you, and then uh, me, I'm going to let you end, okay? I want you, uh, this is dangerous, dangerous, dangerous areas to go to. What's one piece of advice that you could give us men? Give up, come on, I want you women. Give us men one piece of advice. Because I've been married 15 years, and 15 years ago I thought in my head, in 15 years from now, I'm going to have it all figured out. I don't have a clue. Come on, fellas, you with me? Like, I'm still trying to Just give me a piece of advice to hold on to this Mother's Day that will help all of us become better husbands, better fathers, better boyfriends, whatever that season is. Give us one piece of advice from a woman's heart to every man. And, fellas, you better write this down. Come on, here we go. All right, well, I know what she's going to say, so I'm going to save that nugget for you because that's good. Um, it's the ultimate piece of wisdom from a woman. Um, but for me, I'm a girl that likes to be spoiled. So I would say always get the gift. Always get the surprise. It can cover a multitude of sins. <laughs> it doesn't matter how little it is. If you stop at the gas station on the way home and get yourself a Snickers bar, you better pick one up from me, okay? If you go through the checkout line and grab a bag of chips, I don't care if I'm hungry. Go ahead and pick up a bag for me, too, because it lets about. me know you were thinking about me, and I didn't need to ask for it. And that goes so much farther than a it's lot really of things good. that you would think of off the top of your head. Write this down. Don't be so selfish. That's what she's saying right there. Don't be so selfish. Trey, where are you at? Hey, pal, eating the chips. Get your wife some chips, man. We got at the Snickers bar. What's wrong with him? All right, Dr. Valerie, one piece of advice from a, a heart of a woman to every man in this room. Just let us have it. Just go, just, just go there. All right, I have it. Guys, we need your help. Come on. Amen, ladies. Uh, guys, if you take out the trash, that is not the only thing we need your help with. There are clothes to fold. When was the last time you vacuumed the floor, huh? Yeah. It doesn't matter what season of life you're in. Let me tell you, when he washes the dishes, Ooh. the thermometer of love in the house goes up. Whoa. You got it. Woo. Guys, we need your help. Come on. I think that's awesome. Buy your wife chips and do the dishes after. Come on, baby. That's the best advice you get all day. One more time. Can we bless these ladies? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, I think it's worth a standing ovation. Love all of you so much. Really, really powerful. May the Lord bless you. We love you so much. And happy Mother's Day to all of you.